0: Fighting The battle is never ending. Been here day one, hated from the beginning. In this land of criminals that gave rise to Trump anti-Mexican rhetoric from the jump. Mass shooting and he stands with Putin to shake hands. Puerto Rican death toll, pollution, the Muslim ban, same plan. Nazi supporters Fox new segment, paychecks to Trump, threats and debt nonetheless obsessed. We're killing black and brown people since the Central Park Five out to murder Black Lives. Ties overseas, handshakes with Italy environment to privatize industry, scamming young people, middle-aged elders, and misery like students at that university. Reality TV is controlling the system, murderous capitalism, the nation's a business. It was clear back then and it's clear right now. It all comes together when you break things down. It was clear back then and it's clear right now. It all comes together when you break things down. Long time. Yes, it's been a long time. 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 Time to get together. Set the movement in motion. Hate it's been there it for years. Now it's out in the open. More people woke from the words that are spoken, hoping that we could take back all the land that was stolen by rolling and teaching the public self-knowledge and defense to run a government occupy House and Senate, next step for president, throwing out the justices never trusted them, so we bring the ruckus in, busting in voting, running for office, a stage in protest, write an essay album book, we stay focused, wrote this to combat the violence and the hate, to situate and educate when they incriminate, black, Mexican, and Muslim played as scapegoats I observe the landscape, watch and take we no stand here today tonight tomorrow together to take out the old and bring in a new era It was clear back then and it's clear right now It all comes together when you break things down It was clear back then and it's clear right now It all comes together when you break things down Long time Yes it's been a long time Long time Yes it's been a long time Long time Yes it's been a long time Long time Yes it's been a long time, long time. Yes, it's been a long time.
1: Welcome to another installment of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. Shouts out to Generation Radio, our allies in keeping Houston brilliant. And today we've got a really great lineup for you again. want to give a shout out to Marlene, uh, who helped put together a really nice lineup. Also, our condolences to Letty and Liana Lopez, whose mom passed away. We attended the services their imprint is on the show as well because part of their work is part of their mom's legacy to make sure that our community is edified, and of course, you got Q running the boards. What's up? What's up? Hey, hey, they, hey! And we're we're leading up to the end of the year, but today we've got some guests from the past, including a Nuestra Palabra alum, Rodimus Ortiz, who is with Hyperlinks Media. He'll be joined by Charles Mazzini. And we're going to find out how Hyperlinks Media is changing the game and how our community can get involved because we are high-tech Aztecs. And, of course, we're going to force Rodimus to share some of his poems because that's how he was forged through Nuestra Palabra. And then in the first segment of the show and live in the studio right now, we've got Chief Samuel Pena. Hey, thanks for coming out, Chief. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me. And are you writing us up? You're not writing us up for nope, anything. Nope, nope. Okay, all right. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and you're going to find out in a second what the topic will be with Chief Peña because it also ties into our cultural capital installment. Other additional icons in the room. To my right is Gracie Sines Esquire, who, of course, as you all know, was the first Latina elected citywide and a big champion for many causes. Thank you for coming out.
2: Most definitely, Tony. Anything you want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, of course, when we speak boldly, it's because we have the privilege of the intelligence and wisdom of folks like you. So thank you. And then El mero, mero of Lula Council 60, the president. I like to pause there because it's the president. <laughs> president of Lula Council 60, Al Castillo, who's joining us to talk about this topic as well and always championing so many community issues. Thanks for coming, Al. Thanks so much, Tony,
3: for having us in.
1: And I'm going to tip it off by sharing today's installment of the Cultural Capital Series. If you are on our email list, you get these at 2 o'clock every Tuesday. They will end on December 31st because next year we're going to bring a whole new series. And we'll tell you what that's about when that hits. You're going to be blown away. But here's the countdown. And this one's called Latino Stick Together. There's good stereotypes and there's bad stereotypes. The stereotypes that Latinos stick together is a good one. And as Eddie Murphy used to say in a stand-up comedy act, if you believe one of the stereotypes, you got to believe all of them. The reason this belief might have a negative implication is when people suspect that Latinos champion all Latinos at all costs, even if they are not worthy of that support. This plays into another stereotype that says we are intellectually inferior. I also believe mediocrity is dangerous. If that it's an ill that needs to be cured, the sooner the better. That brings me to the subject of today's broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. One of our guests will be Houston Fire Department Chief Sam Pena, who we just introduced. I'm looking at him right now, so I'm pretending as, <laughs> as if as if uh, I'm reading this, but I can't ignore you right there in the room. Uh, of course, we had emailed this out to folks and, and put it on our website. Um, we're bringing him on because Latinos stick together. That's what's up. However, we also self-correct, and we tell our own when they're going off track. We're going to talk to him about an earlier vote this year that the firemen's union had of no confidence. We want him to have a response. He insists that we ask him hard questions. In other words, I said we want you on. he said, I want you to grill me. I want you to go like twenty twenty Geraldo Rivera. I'm like, all right, you got it. Let me bring in a lawyer and the president of (laughs) Lulak and the Libra Taficantis wanna analyze your responses and if it's all up to snuff, the Libra Taficantes will consider a vote of full confidence for your work. Of course, I want to get something else straight. I am pro union. I'm a member of the American Federation of Teachers. So when unions, like the firemen's unions, do what they do, they should be doing what unions do. That's excellent. We expect them to ask tough questions and to defend the rights of workers. However, we also expect that to become a dialogue, and we expect Latino leaders to have a chance to fairly respond and to make their case. That's what we're about also. It all goes together. We received messages from the fire union members who said, such things that Chief Peña's work has caused a lot of Hispanics to lose their jobs with the fire department. We're about to ask him about that. As advocates, we work very hard to promote and support Latino leaders. Our job is not to foster mediocrity. Our job is to tell leaders early in the game if they're going off course. Our job is to help them get back on track. And our job is to take an in-depth look at hard issues, to ask hard questions, to have intense dialogue, so that everyone knows that we advocate and support our leaders to thrive at the highest level level possible. And let's get something else straight. When we stand by someone, it's because they're true to themselves, the community, and their position. We'll be joined on air by Al Castillo, the president of LULAC Council 60, and Gracie Sons Esquire, the first Latino elected to citywide office in Houston. And... We might take calls. We might listen to you on Twitter. We might take some of your Facebook questions as well. If, if we have time or energy, please don't get upset if we don't. And then we want to remind you, Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say, is here to defend, present, and advocate for the art and well-being of our community. So we'll also post this up on our, our uh, Facebook page afterwards. You can go to Nuestra Palabra On Demand. Maybe you will be our 18th listen. But, of course, we love that you're supporting us Live, so ha- having said all that, that's a little intense. Let me check in with Q. So, Q, uh, you hear where we're coming from, right? You've heard people say that that Latinos stick together, right? Yes. Uh, and, and to me, from the outside world, that's what I want people to see. Now, what people may not believe though is that we do a lot of vetting internally and personally. And uh, I-, I guess we'll start with the chief. Let me ask you this: Why was it important for you though to make it clear to? to us that you wanted to take all questions unmitigated and, uh, you know, without any pelos in la lengua, as we
4: say. <laughs> Tony, first of all, I, I want to say thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, the hospitality. And, and it's a little uh, unnerving you brought the heavy hitters here. You brought uh, <laughs> Al Castillo and Miss Gracie signs, uh But, uh, look, I'm honored to be here. And the reason that uh, that I agreed to be here and, and take on the questions uh, unscripted is because really I have, uh, there's nothing to hide. And I'm, I'm very proud uh, to stand on, on the record and the work that we've been able to do in these last three and a half years since, uh, since uh, Mayor Turner hired me uh, as, to head the Houston Fire Department. Um, I believe we've been doing a lot of positive work uh, in the right direction. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, chatter out there that's that's inaccurate. Look, I've never been afraid to be judged and to be held accountable, as long as that judgment is based on on facts, and it's fair, and,
1: and I think we're in this era where we should be at the table at that at that spot to say let's keep it fair. Versus once it's a crisis point, versus right. once there's no going back, that's when th- thing things are a lot harder to deal with. Correct. So, so I appreciate you being that open. I also okay. want to say, and and we're about to uh, just check in with our with our colleagues here too. I also want to add something as well is I first met you not as a political not you asking us for anything not us asking for anything. I met you in the community. So I've always respected that about you mm-hmm. is that I've met you in places that uh, I didn't expect to see you. I didn't expect to see any other officials there right. and you've been there in out time in time out speaking to everybody. So first of all, before we proceed, I want to commend you for that, and right. and that's why that's why I think a lot of people hold you in high regard.
4: Well, you know what, and, and uh, we just uh, we just celebrated Hispanic uh, Heritage Month, right? And and I think it's important for uh, for leaders to be out in their community. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's important for for kids who look like us to see people in certain positions, um, and because I came from those same mm-hmm. neighborhoods. You know, um, and and it just takes one person to show some interest in 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 our kids. And, you know, we can change the trajectory of of, of kids future. And and, uh, so I think it's it is important for us to, one, do the right thing two be present and and be out there uh, encouraging everybody in in our community, especially, um, you know, our people of our heritage
1: and and change Mm -hmm. some lives on a daily basis. And then we'll start off with uh, President uh, of Lulek Council 60, uh, Al Castillo. So, so Al, I, I think uh, we had chatted about possibly doing this. We we thought about maybe doing it uh, at a live event, uh, but you know, t- time has been moving. Holidays are coming up. It's like, well, let's get to this now. Um, why, why would you get involved in these issues? And, there, and tell us a little bit about what LULAC 60 does as well.
3: Well, I'm glad to get involved with these issues because I've known Sam for a little while now. And again, I've met him in the community just like you did. And the first things that I asked him, because I've been in unions for 40 years. I've, I've been in five different unions. So I know a little bit about uh, uh, arbitration and negotiating and you know those types of uh, processes in the union uh, daily life. And the first thing I asked uh, Chief Binya was the hard questions. We were at dinner, and I asked him about his relationship with the firefighters union. Of course, that st- that started a big old table wide uh, conversation. But we did, we did get get down to it. And and he's here to take care of business, not to to cause any uh, disruption or controversy. Sure. He came in first thing. He got met was by Mister Harvey, and that was like a, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a Cat Four hurricane. <laughs> So he's, he's trying to, he's trying to make things happen. And he goes, well, where are my boats? Well, we don't have any boats. Where's my equipment? Well, we don't have those either. He did. He's instrumental in bringing yeah. all, all that equipment that, that, uh, helps in, uh, hurricane rescue and recovery uh, on his own and on his watch. So, I mean, the hard questions have already been asked and he's answered them. And I have full confidence in, uh, Chief Benya.
1: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for your insights. Uh, Gracie, what are your thoughts? And especially because you bring such an insight into every all, all levels of government, you've got such a, a long history with the community. What are your thoughts about uh, not just this situation, but kind of where our community is in terms of, of dealing with things on this scale?
2: Well, you you know, we have to remember that this issue about the firefighter situation wasn't overnight, mm. you know. And several administrations have tried to deal with it. That's a great point. And this particular administration has tried to tackle it fairly and squarely. And uh, I think uh, Chief Beña has been very instrumental in trying to resolve uh, this very difficult scenario uh, and the reality of a budget. Um, having been on city council, I, I know. Uh, how difficult it is to try to project exactly how how much your revenues are going to be and how much you're going to have available for all your different departments. And, um, and then, you know, what people have to understand is salaries for our two most important departments, the police department and the fire department, take up close to 80%. I'm trying to remember is that 60% um of the of the overall wow. budget and then you know you got all the other departments you know the public works and the solid waste and the libraries and the health department and don't forget the parks and don't forget you know um the municipal courts and and you know it goes on and on and and people have got to realize uh, our tax dollars are being watched and um we want to be uh, effective uh, and have effective leadership in place individuals that know what they're doing uh, and, um, you know, I think Chipenya brought with him an enormous amount of experience and knowledge about operations uh, of this type of department, and I'm very proud of what he has been able to accomplish and do in light of and in spite of the difficulty of, uh, of maintaining that budget. Uh, having been on city council mm-hmm. in the past, um, this is not easy, and again, um, it's a scenario that just... Did not develop overnight. It has been an issue that has been plaguing the city for many years now.
1: What's the cliche? Kicking the can down the lane. Exactly. <laughs> you cut the can, mono. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, um,
4: look, Tony. I um, I uh, I was hired about uh, th- almost three years ago. It'll be three years at the end of uh, December, and uh, even before I I came here. Um, I reached out to, to the association because, look, we, we on 90 percent of the things. We're on the same page. I'm a strong union uh, uh, advocate. Matter of fact, when I was a <clears throat> appointed fire chief in the city of El Paso, um, I maintained paying my union dues, even though I wasn't represented as the fire chief for, for the union, because I believe in in what they do. Public safety unions uh, have to have a seat at that table. They do. They do an outstanding job. It's a critical function that uh, they perform, public safety does. And, look, the fire service is, is one of the, the one of the departments that uh, is really, truly uh, present only to serve our community, you know. We show up when you call us. Hardly any paperwork, right? We take care of business. <laughs> and a lot of times, most of the time, we we make a, a positive imp- an immediate positive impact on, on people's lives. Um, so we do need to take care of our, our firefighters. And the unions do an excellent job of of, of covering for, for, not covering, I'm sorry, that's the wrong word, but uh, advocating for their members. And so I truly believe in in when, what they do. Matter of fact, uh, even before I arrived here in Houston, I reached out to the union president and uh, I said, look, I want to start a a labor management alliance where one of the Few, if the if only the, the largest departments in the nation that has that alliance between labor and management. It's a written document where we outline the guiding principles that we're going to uh, use to manage the organization. Wow, you know, That's and smart. so no, it is, and 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 I've tried to live even through all this political noise and stuff. Uh, we've tried to live up to to those tenets that we've outlined because it is important. Look, it's not about me; um, it's about the the service that we provide to this community. And that's what we have to stay focused on. How we get there is it takes a conversation, and it does take relationships. And and uh, in that, I've I've been uh, you know even again with all the noise and all the attacks and stuff, I've maintained, I've tried to maintain a uh, a steady hand and and a steady approach, right? A professional approach to to tackling the issues that are that need to be addressed. And and so I'm we're going to stay focused on that. Um, because again, it's about the service that we provide to this community. You know, I um, mm. I'm not uh, paid to be optimistic or pessimistic. Like like I've uh, mentioned to Mayor Turner, I said, look, you hired me, you know, I'm to maintain the third largest municipal fire department in the country, and my job is to ensure that when somebody calls 911, that there's no doubt about what's going to happen. Right? They want somebody there. They want somebody there quickly, well trained and well equipped to handle the situation. And that's what the focus is.
1: And, and actually, there's there's like two parts to this. One, we just kind of articulated a very complicated tightrope you walk, but you got to save lives on a daily basis. Right. So it's kind of right. like, <laughs> theory is awesome, but right. <laughs> at some point somebody's got to go and Absolutely. and work at a very high level. That's one thing. Secondly. We're also on election time. I do want to remind our listeners, yes, we are a, a, a nonprofit radio station. We're not going to endorse anyone. Are you running for office? I am not running You're for not office. You're not running, so we can do this. okay? <laughs> so it's fair to do this. Um, but I can't help but point out that, in fact, uh, some of the uh, folks that were running for office, <laughs> they brought you up, they and they're like, he's leaving <laughs> once he once he signs up. Right. Um, now, I will add, during all that, part of me was, saw that as a rhetorical ploy, because to try and take the politics out of it, that's kind of like any office where a new president comes, a new chief comes, a new right. governor comes. And what you're going to do is, you you know, if you work there, you're supposed to turn in your letter of resignation and, you know, you, you pretend you're surprised yeah, and you right. take it. And <laughs> and there's a changeover. Yeah. So so part of me was like, well, that's probably going to happen mm-hmm. anyway. It's being turned into kind of a, a, a political tactic. Um and then we'll get to the hard concrete issues, but you—I mean—you'd have thought you were running for office, no. Because you know you were involved in there. So I want to add that it seems that some of the um, the 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 noise on this was because it was part of a political right processes right. and
4: yeah, no. Just to be clear, I, I'm not running for office. I was appointed by Mayor Turner, and uh, as long as Mayor Turner is here, uh,
1: I will be here, and I'll, and I'll be your fire chief. Yay. <laughs> so so let's get to some of the hard questions because again mm-hmm. once uh so originally I had approached a show on uh on what's your point right. uh, and that it had come up as your name had come up several times <laughs> throughout the course of the uh, that cycle and on uh on social media some folks and again you know if it's social media you don't know what folks names are you know they have pictures of a shoe or something that you don't even know who it is uh so i never know if it takes some seriously but one thing some folks were saying is that um you libertaficante as advocates for uh hispanics i identify as chicanos but latinos etc uh how can you support him is it just because he's latino he's actually caused other latinos to lose their jobs what, what would your response
4: be to that you know that is the uh that is the furthest from the truth i mean um any accusation that that firefighters were laid off or any of that is is completely false. It's completely false. Matter of fact, um, look. One of the things that um, in preparation for for taking this position, you, uh, you you do your homework, right? You see what what the makeup of your fire department is. Um, and and one of the things that that any uh, executive, whether police chief or fire chief, especially public safety, uh, needs to key in on is we need to have a department and build a department that is representative of the community that we serve, you know, and that is critical. Um, and in, here in Houston, um, you know, we're over 40 percent Hispanic. We're about 45. About 45. Um, and then, you know, a, a uh, another percentage of, of, of African-American and, and other minorities. And what I found is that the fire department uh, here in Houston wasn't, didn't have that same makeup, right, demographically um now we have to look at what what is it that we could do to ensure that that we are attracting right increasing the pool of qualified applicants where we can be more selective in in getting the best of the best and ensuring that we have the opportunity to to recruit uh the the demographics right that are going to be uh representative of, of those communities And one of the things that I found when I first got here is that the entry requirement for the fire department was 60 credit hours, right? Now, um, education is important. It is the price of admission anywhere. And if we look at other department heads and deputy directors for the city uh, departments, the requirements for police and fire are going to be no different, right? So education is is critical. And so the only difference was that... that, uh, The entry level was 60 credit hours, but then there was no other requirements as you move up the ranks for any additional education. And I put myself in that, in the position, right? Saying, if 25 years ago, right, when I got out of the Air Force, if 25 years ago, I had to have 60 credit hours to get into a department, I don't think I would have been here Mm -hmm. because although I was going to school, I had some schooling, um, I also had a family, I was working, we had other obligations. Right, and uh, so what I what I took on was was changing the entry requirements for for the fire department. And what we did is we lowered the sixty credit hours to twenty four credit hours, or two years of military service with an honorable discharge.
1: Right? And, and let me ask you some tip: sixty years that's about an associate's degree. But you didn't need a specific uh, license or degree to get in, otherwise, no, absolutely. That's not. that's smart right. for you to yes, because what I need, uh,
4: you know, at the entry level. Uh, one is to increase again the pool of qualified applicants, right? The other thing I, I was hoping to get is is somebody that has some work ex- experience, somebody that had some obligations, right? Because they they make uh, there's more incentive for you to stick it out uh, because the training is is difficult, it's hard, it's it's rigorous, and you know with some obligations you're like, well, I'm not going to just quit, right? Because I now I have two right. kids at home, and so I was hoping to get a, a different type of of, of employee, um, and it and also allow me to, to recruit, uh, a lot better. And, uh, so we did that. This, we just hired a class of, of, uh, over 70, I think it's over 82, uh, um, cadets and over 30% of those were, were Hispanic. Wow. Right. So, so we're making a difference, uh, in, in what we're recruiting. And if you recruit in the right ratios, mm-hmm. if you recruit the right, uh, personnel, then they'll promote in, in the same, uh, uh, percentages, you know and and that 's what we need to do And that, that wasn
1: 't just this year. it sounds like you had to take time to implement it absolutely
4: that. No, we
1: started when I first got here almost uh, three years ago, and so it 's taken Pri- prior time. to the politics of it all. prior to a- the politics. and again i mean i 'm not going to take the high road here if i if I was you know running for office i I would use brass knuckles too you know right, right. so I get it, but I think if we 're going to take a profound look at this right. uh, and i 'll let our colleagues comment on this too uh, it, i think it's you address structural change. Right. That, that's what you did. Why? Because you saw that the rules were not fair to our community. At the same time, you respected the rules enough to say, you know what? Uh, education is important. I tell you what, uh, ha- having taught at community colleges, when we get the veterans, mm-hmm. um, when they come back, they are, they've got a lot of leadership skills right. that our freshmen right out of high school do not. Right. So it is wise to, to supplement that right. and then, of course, give them a chance to, to, uh, to build on that sure. later on.
2: Chief I was out in the uh, uh, working the polls um, earlier and um, uh, there was a, a firefighter that was said uh, and, and uh, maybe you can correct this uh, that somehow or another there were all these uh, cadets that were not going to be hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of, you know, the, the budget, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. And so uh, he was really upset. Mm-hmm. He said it was not fair and so forth and so on. And so now you're telling me that that was not the case.
4: No, that was not the case. Nobody got... Um, so in the run-up to Proposition B, mm-hmm. before the um, before the vote, you know, uh, we were out there. And I took some flack on this, and I think this is where I got... Uh, well, I know this is one of the areas where I got crossways with, with the union because... It wasn't that I, that I don't support the pay raise for firefighters. We, I know that we need to get them paid. Recruitment and retention for me is a practical concern, right? And I know that we're under market at this point because they have gone so long without a pay raise. These, these firefighters, these men and women that go out there and suit up each and every day and do the hard work and put it on the line, they deserve to be paid uh, for, for the work that they do and be paid well right we want to retain these 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 officers and these uh firefighters um so it's not an issue of of the pay uh, itself it's the issue that i that i was having to deal with was that proposition b would require the pay raise the gap between what firefighters are currently making to what police uh, was making to be to be bridged in one year the estimate was about a 28 to 30 percent pay raise between 98 and 100 million dollars right I know that in this city, with the issues of the revenue cap, the inability to, to go above and extend that runway, that knowing that 91% of my budget, of $506 million budget, 91% of it is in personnel costs, if I was going to have to absorb $20, 25000000 million, it was going to mean people, it was going to mean firefighters, and I could not support that because I need every single one of these firefighters that we have right now to be able to deliver the service that this community expects. So when Proposition B passed in November of 20, 2018, um, then the, we had to meet budget. And in order to do that, like we were saying at, at 14 or to 16 of the town hall meetings that we were out, that if it passed, we had no other choice to reduce services and reduce personnel, so we you're implementing exactly, we didn't go above or or change any of the uh, uh, things that we said was going to happen. We implemented exactly what we said was going to happen if Prop be passed. Uh, unfortunately, it meant that certain uh, about 360 firefighters, more or less, and don't quote me on that number because it might be off, but it was in that range where we're gonna we weren't going to be able to hire them, and it was unfortunate because about 200 of those were people that that were on the job and those that were in the recruit class. So, um, but before the fiscal year began, the uh, the judge overruled Proposition B. So now we were not under that budget crunch. And so we hired everybody that was was in the cadet class and nobody got laid off. So none of those firefighters were, were laid off. It's complicated. It is complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's very convoluted.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, some of the, uh, the the stats that really interested me was yes, the, py- the firefighters do uh, deserve a pay raise. Absolutely. They do, but they, it has to be incremental because the money has to come from somewhere, right? Okay, and you just can't, you know, you just can't conjure up a hundred million dollars in one year. But what what was interesting to me is when I was looking at some of the stats about and i guess it has it has a twofold uh, accomplishment one is through attrition and the other is uh, to seek opportunities elsewhere uh, mm-hmm. other other uh, other opportunities elsewhere up to 300 people that 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 roll through your through your program after you've trained them and they've gone to seek other opportunities right so i mean the talent that you're you're seeking mm-hmm. to to uh, recruit right. and go and put into training that costs money True. And you're losing them because the base rate is like ten, eleven thousand dollars beneath the three other largest mm-hmm. cities in Texas, mm-hmm. yep. and they don't keep up with the, you know, with the uh, with the rate of inflation. Obviously, because it, the last uh, pay raise the firefighters got was three mm-hmm. percent. That was
4: years ago. Right, mm-hmm. and and especially with the with the recruits. And, and, and you're correct. Look, it costs us about forty thousand dollars to to get people in the seats. Right, right. to recruit them to train them. To, to get them uh, uh, ready to be out there in the stations it's about forty thousand dollars a person right. and and uh, you know when we, if, if we can't retain them then yes that's taxpayer money that can be uh, out the door and and that's not what we want right. so we do have to address the pay issue trouble with the with the recruits is that they're not represented by by the firefighters union because they haven't graduated and they're not classified people and they haven't really, been represented by hope the the municipal um uh, association because you know they're considered firefighters so they were in this gray area and so you know making twenty eight thousand dollars as a as a cadet is is hard to to live on so that's one of the areas that we're we're uh, will be addressing and that is something that that um i believe you know um that we can do uh independent of the contract with the firefighters because it's just we're just talking about this one group, the cadets, mm-hmm. and and so so we've been I've been working with legal and human resources to to see what is what's the avenue that we can take to to address that issue that group because again it makes it uh, difficult to recruit at twenty eight thousand dollars. So, well, I was just wondering what type of contingency
3: that uh, the fire department has to to try to steer away from you know losing your people mm-hmm. to attrition, uh, right. but on the other hand. Uh, I was curious that why the city declined to go to arbitration
4: with the union. The city declined to go to arbitration, and again, I can't. I'm not going to speak for the city, but right. uh, um, I uh, I believe that that uh, they were looking at what happened in San Antonio. Um, there was uh, the city went to arbitration in San Antonio with the firefighters, and the firefighters won in that respect. And uh, they were the city was then downgraded from the rating agencies the right. credit rating agencies so i think it was fear that 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 could occur um but again that's just that's just my uh my take on it i i would have to you know defer that to to the city administration sure as i know as that's I, a hard question
3: mm-hmm. but it is a hard question it because, is uh once you reach impasse well then the next
4: proce- part of the process is arbitration uh mediation or arbitration and we did go to mediation we we um you know we weren't able to reach an agreement with the firefighters, but um you know there's been a series of i think five different times that we've gone to mediation right and and we haven't been able to reach an agreement and uh look in the end, we have to get this fixed we, uh, have, to, we uh, have to get to the table and have to get a contract in place with our firefighters
5: well
1: we're on a, a time um let me ask you this any anything else we didn't ask that you'd like to address
4: no look um we um you know, when we addressed the uh, the issue of, of, of no confidence in the, in the grievances that the Firefighters uh, Union had, had put forth, um, I want the the community to know that that the exact points that they've outlined as far as the basis for their grievance are things that we are working on. Um, the fleet, the state of the fleet, the facilities, flood response, health and safety were, were among their, aside from the pay, were among their, their biggest uh, grievances. And, and I'm happy to say, Tony, that in the last two and a half years that we uh, have been able to, to make incredible strides in the replacement of our, of our aging fleet that had been ignored, uh, for, for years. Hmm. And in the last three years, we've invested, uh, over $31 million in, in replacement of the fleet. We've replaced 18 fire engines. We just got through council another, uh, eight that, that will be replaced, um, Aerial apparatus—we replaced, I think, close to six of those. We've uh, so uh, again over $31 million. We implemented uh, a new water rescue task force of 80 people, right? And that's part of an investment of $2 million that we had since Harvey to acquire equipment that's necessary for, you know, in case anybody hasn't noticed, we flood here in Houston. <laughs> and uh, and we when we went into Harvey, we didn't have any high water vehicles. We had boats that were over 20 years old. Uh, we were uh, uh, lacking in personnel training, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to report that you know in the last uh, since Harvey, we've been able now we've acquired 10 high water vehicles, we have uh, 11 rescue boats, 21 evacuation boats, we've had 10 additional 4x4s, four and like I said, an 80 member strike team. But what I'm most proud of, Tony, what I'm most proud of is what we've been able to do in the term in in the area of health and safety for our firefighters, cancer is an epidemic in the fire service wow. and uh and you know what i when i got here going around the stations none of the stations had an exhaust system for the vehicles we run about a thousand calls a day hmm. right for service each time they start those trucks all that soot just permeates the station and there was no way to capture that soot that that exhaust and exhaust it outside um so in these last a couple years we've applied for grants and we retrofitted Fifteen of our 94 fire stations with an exhaust system. For 15 stations, we applied in 2018 for a second federal grant, and we were approved. And now we're in the process of, of retrofitting another 30. So in two years, we'll be we'll be halfway through doing our 94 fire stations. The other thing is washers for our firefighters so they can wash their gear, so the, wash that soot that really is 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 uh, contains con- you know carcinogens when they go to the fire, and then they're breathing this stuff. No way to no way to launder it. So, again, each one of those is about $9,000, right? Cause they're commercial-grade washers. And we've been able to purchase 56 of those for, to outfit each one of our 94 stations. And I'm happy to report that uh, Lionel Basell and Delta Airlines just donated another $65,000. So we'll do another eight. So, you know, by the end of uh, next year, or by the end of, yeah, next year, we'll have about 64 fire stations outfitted with this new equipment. Right. Wow. And in two years. I mean, this is not technology that's that's brand new. This is 15, 20 year old technology. And it should have been done back then.
1: Well, and, and details that that build up. Right. Well, well, right. I tell you what, uh, based on your work from the last three years, the structural changes you've made mm-hmm. and how you've handled this tough moment, Grace. Uh, I've just been texting and phoning with all the Libra board Libre Tapicantes give you a vote of maximum confidence when <laughs> the friends say Amen. bye and have their last <laughs> any last
2: thoughts? I just want to say you, also that uh, we were at an event not um, well yesterday as a matter of fact where there were a lot of uh, Hispanic community leaders and, and members and and uh, I would say everyone uh showed enormous amount of confidence in our chief here. It was overwhelming. It was Andy overwhelming. You were support. there, Tony. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh we we're, we're speaking uh from the the uh point from, you know, uh, our community. Yeah. And and I think that's very important. And again, chief, I think the the reality is you are an excellent role model to many. And uh, I think it says a lot. You, you've worked hard, and you know your, your uh, business, you know wh- what to do, and you've done an incredible amount of work in spite of some of the challenges you've been up against.
4: Well, I, I truly appreciate uh, you all and what you all uh, have said here and have done. And, look, my commitment is, is to the city of Houston. I Excellent. work for the city of Houston, and my focus is going to be to ensure their public safety. And in doing that, I have to take care of our firefighters, and, and that's that's our focus.
1: And thank you to all of you for all that you do, and you got our us team here. Team. I can't wait for this renaissance to, to go to the next level. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hey, you listen to Nuestra Palabra, Latino what is having to say on the air. We're going to be back with the minds and imaginations behind Hyperlinks Media. Stay tuned.
0: Someone in the crowd might have looked at me fail with an evil eye abuela called it ojo. Reached in the fridge and took out a level sign of the cross with the egg as a remedy Rubbed on my body to remove the bad energy pray out loud so we can all hear it. egg Underneath the bed to absorb the evil spirits the wind blew the house shook I lay back with candles the rosary and the sage plant Sana, sana. Fixed vapor rub on my chest. Fell asleep and woke up in a puddle of sweat. Felt better after shaking the omen. Zone it, On the earth that I'm roaming. In the Americas, some call it folklore. Well, I broke the egg. Now I'm free from all Sana,
6: sana.
7: Sana me
0: enterito. And bloodline to, to the, the test. test when one is jealous of another success. Family, friends, associates, and neighbor Can all result to battle when chasing after paper? Friends and enemies. Good and bad energy, my le ojo. Affecting culture, psychology. Bad vibes can damage you and your circle.
1: Oh, we're giving you the leap right here. We're we're clearing that male ojo. Hey yo, thanks for dropping that mixtep for us, Edmano. Bad. No problem, no problem. We're going to check to see when he's in town next, let you know when he comes in. I bet. Thank you to our previous guests. And we're going to keep the fire burning right now. We've got with us Charles Bazzini. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. And uh, you said it's your first time on the radio.
7: Yes, it is.
1: Well, don't be too nervous. <laughs> <And then> Rodimus <laughs> has been on the air with us a lot. Rodimus Ortiz, welcome back to your casita, mano.
5: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having us.
1: Now, by all means, and I want to tell folks a little bit about Hyperlinks Media. It's a results-driven digital marketing agency specializing in digital marketing and aggressive return on investment, founded in 1998, same year as Nuestra Palabra, by coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Both our longevity is due to our strong core value of honesty, integrity, and treating each client with the utmost respect while working diligently for their online Success. And I'll read a little about you, Charles. You're the CEO and founder of Hyperlinks Media. Also, uh, back in 1998 when you started, you've had a lot of tremendous growth since then. You studied digital marketing for over 15 years continuously, learning in order to keep up with the latest trends so that your agency can provide the best solutions to its clients and provide the best return on investment. He takes on a lead by example, approaching his business always encouraging his staff to never stop learning and always strive for success. Thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me. Now, by all means. And then Rodemus Ortiz, of course. I, you know, it's been great to see you go from poet on stage to working with organizations such as this, but also always giving back to the community. So it is great to have you come back. And you might have a poem or two for us at the end.
5: I do have a poem. Yes, I, I did bring one. In. Oh, Just
1: fantastic. Like Fantastic. So so tell us a little bit about what's going on with Hyperlinks.
5: Yes. Uh, so I wanted to take this opportunity to um, kind of uh, promote our Mission More program. Um, and I, I would probably let Mr. Mancini, you know, Mr. Charles, you know, kind of talk a little bit about that. And then I'll get into the details about the Google Ad Grant.
7: Yeah. So uh, Mission More was started uh, last year. Of course, Hyperlinks Media has been in business 21 years, but... Um, we started the mission more as a philanthropic division of hyperlinks media uh, to mm-hmm. help nonprofits and basically the idea is to really help nonprofits online uh, succeed online with digital marketing many of them especially the smaller uh, nonprofits uh, struggle to 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 get online mm-hmm. uh, and also the cost of it so one of the big uh, factors with Mission More is that we actually, Hyperlinks Media is actually a Google partner and we, um, through Mission More, we uh, apply and set up a uh, Google ad grant that is a $10,000 a month Google ad grant to help these nonprofits um, advertise online. So it's a tremendous benefit for them. In addition, Mission More, what we're doing is we're... Um, we're actually creating a network of tech companies that um, are working with us to to um, join as as partners of mission more to give uh, reduced fees discounts and everything to our mission more uh, wow, non-profit non-profit uh, uh, yeah members uh, so we really we're, we want to really do everything we can for the non-profit organizations uh, for them to, to have the ability to to get online, uh, do digital marketing, really take advantage of it.
1: No, and that's great, too, because, I mean, uh, I think especially what happens is that with an online presence, you can overcome the the uh, lack of funding for infrastructure, for buildings, right. for specialized staff. So uh, that is huge, and especially with absolutely. those Google grants, 10000 $10, a month, that's $120,000 a year. $120,000 a year, and basically we – we manage that
7: for them, um, so for anything as fundraisers, you know, volunteer drives, events, anything, we create all the ads, ad copies, everything from wow. Google when people are searching for, you know, for those uh, type of, of, you know, th- those type of events and things like that. That's
1: huge. So, so what, what made you want to create the, the more, uh, the mission more program? Well, because you didn't have to do that, obviously. Yeah,
7: no, I, I, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. And, you know, I, I'm always, you know, I always feel like there's a purpose to our business whether you know it's it's for profit not for profit there's obviously a purpose to everything we do Um, and you know last year Rodimus came on board um, and he actually um, came to us with a the the Google ad grant information and came to me and said hey Charles what do you think about you know offering this to to nonprofits and really setting up something And I I just, you know, again, it's such a. When he came to me with that, I I just thought, what a what a fantastic thing to do for uh, even create more purpose in what we do, you know. So. Well,
1: that's fantastic. I got to commend you because that you created some structural changes. Again, you didn't have to do that, and it takes time, energy, and resources. But it's great that you would uh, let someone from your team. Uh, get a poet on your team That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and we didn't realize he was a poet he's a, somebody wanted for poets yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's a great digital marketer didn't know he was a poet too <laughs> just stanzas anyway in some form. yeah but but it's great that you had the um uh, the, the wherewithal to get him on board but then also to listen to listen to him and, and make some changes that are really helping nonprofits. so first of all com- i commend you for that well, thank you and very second much. Of all that that is structural change
7: Yes. Yes, That's it is. Awesome. It, it has been and continues to be. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That's fantastic. So tell us more about how this works when it hits the ground, when the program hits the ground.
5: So, yeah, just a little bit of background on uh, what a Google Ad Grant is. Is uh, Google launched this program in 2000? Never 19- heard of them. Who are they? <laughs> 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 Google launched this program in 2003. It's a global program. So what they do is that they fund nonprofits and basically in the sense of uh, awarding them a $10,000 a month grant and you know, so it's 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 $10,000 a month and the nonprofit can use for free advertising. And you guys have been a recipient of Yes. Grant. Hello. <laughs> 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 so we were really able to help get Nuestra Palabra uh $10,000 a month grant and we're currently using it to promote the radio show, to help drive donations, recruit volunteers and basically increase awareness of of, of Nuestra Palabra's mission and try to have a wider impact in the community.
1: And actually, for folks to get a better idea of of what we're talking about, go to your computers right now or phone on Google, type in Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, and what comes up is very clean, very attractive, and directs folks to where we want want them to go see and prepare. But I do want to add, there's a lot of work and detail that goes into it, and you do have to know a lot about, how that works. And then just even getting the grant, too. It's not like, you know, th- you, they're not going to pick, like, mm-hmm. just anyone. It's There's a lot of formal yep. steps to go.
7: Yeah, so they definitely they have to qualify. Absolutely.
1: So it is kind of like going to the immigration office. So you
5: need to got <laughs> <market. laughs> <laughs> the immigration the, the, the main thing, though, is if there are any nonprofits that are listening and are interested in, in, in obtaining the grant, please contact us. But the main thing that Google is going to be looking for is that you're a 501c3. Um, And then there's some website policy requirements you need to meet. But the overall, there's no application process. Where we come in is that we actually help create the Google ad campaign, and then we have to submit that to Google. Google reviews the ad campaign, how well it's structured, and they want to make sure that their $10,000 a month is going to be well managed. And so that's where we come in and help facilitate that, that submission process as well as creating the overall digital marketing strategy on how to best use that grant.
1: And the results are instantaneous. I mean, the the first month we got on it, there were ret- results. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. Right.
1: So, so uh, that's fantastic. And then, um, let me ask you this: So, you are now looking for nonprofits to?
5: We are, and actually, we are working people. with uh, besides Mr. Palabra. Um, uh, uh, oh, wait,
1: um, wait, wait, wait. You got other groups? <laughs> 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 sorry, Yeah, oh, man. Uh,
5: the Arc of Katie is one, which is a great nonprofit out in Katy, which helps uh, um, uh, adults with uh, intellectual development disabilities. Um, uh, we recently obtained a grant for the Work Faith Connection, which is a great nonprofit that helps uh, struggling job seekers um, in their job search. So, if you're an ex-offender, if you're a you know you know you're you're in recovery or you've just been out of the job market for years and now you're returning back and you're having trouble in a job in the job search they help you with that. Uh, they have a great eight day boot camp that kind of you take it for eight days and you know they 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 do mock-in interviews that help um, rebuild your resume and it's it's a great program um, and we're currently in talks with Baker Ripley Uh we're hoping to, 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 to obtain a grant for them. And then some other nonprofits as well.
7: Yeah, and then we're also uh, talking with the United Way. We're going to be doing some seminars uh, through wow. United Way uh, as, as well with with them. So, wow! Yeah, yeah,
5: that's
1: fantastic. And I mean, just just those organizations that you mentioned, all of them are legit and doing some great work. A very different work. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- I mean, is that kind of what you hoped for, envisioned, or is it are these pleasant surprises?
7: Yeah. No. Well, you know, they can be. I guess pleasant surprises, and it's it's remarkable. That's one of the things of. of doing this is we're just meeting some some people doing some remarkable things with these nonprofits it's mm-hmm. just uh that's that's what's really uh uh really cool about the the whole thing is just uh, uh all the all the wonderful people we're do, meeting doing some wonderful things we we have i mean we have some uh that uh that we're applying that some churches Google has now wow. given the okay for oh, wow. um yeah for churches so uh, we're we're working with them and getting them approved. Um, so it's just uh, you know working with all these different nonprofits and what they're doing is it's really uh, it's really a really a neat thing.
1: That's great. So if folks want to get involved, what should they do if they'd like to be considered?
5: Um, two ways you can uh, visit mission uh, visit the, our mission more page at missionmore.us, uh, and then there's a contact form on on if you if you want to talk or kind of you know want to set up a consultation and, and we can go over that and then you can also call us as well. Um yeah, and that that get the, that gets
1: the ball rolling. Yes. Now and then I guess I I would tell people who are listening uh they definitely should reach out, have the discussions. Um I think what's really helpful is it is great teaming up cuz it's not as organic <laughs> as it can be. Uh so we do need uh, especially small nonprofits need someone to help kind of translate mm-hmm. those aspects.
7: Yeah, and also just creating and maintaining and managing the the Google Ad campaign itself. Uh, there's there's quite a bit to it, um, and you know when you're some of these campaigns may be a hundred different ads um, for their their services. You know, as I was saying, the fundraisers, the events, all that. So it it can get it can get quite complex.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for all that you're doing and for all the changes that you're helping with. Appreciate oh, it.
5: You bet. You bet. And uh,
1: continue success, brother. You going to roll out a poem? We got time for one last poem?
5: Yes. Uh, well, quick thing. can uh, Miss Charles, do you want to mention the promotion? You, yeah, I just, just for, to your make, listen, for, for your listeners, if there's some
7: nonprofits out there listening. Uh, just uh mentioned this radio uh, show this evening and we're doing a free application uh set up for the Google Ad Grant which is a $750 value but on top of that we're going to give a free digital marketing strategy for the nonprofit that's a $1500 value wow. so we want to do that for these nonprofits and really get them to uh you know uh get them kicked off and, and get them in the digital marketing world and, and really get out there and, and, uh, you know, make a difference.
1: That's very generous of you. Thank you so much. You we bet. appreciate that.
5: You bet. Happy to do it.
1: Exciting. That's going to change some, some group's trajectory. So that's fantastic. That's Thank right.
5: You. Thank you. Great. Um, so I'll read this poem called Pan Luce, which is Spanish for sweet bread. Um, a little girl stands in the doorway. She is thin and tall, like bamboo stock skin, dark like war, her head, a thin, wild, wired circus of hair, around her neck, a silver necklace and heart-shaped locket reflects a sun's muted light, she carries a bundle of pan luce, each piece of bread pregnant with sugar, golden crisp around the edges, there are conchas, oranges, and churros, she tells me they are homemade, that her abuelita bakes them in the mornings. Sets a basket on the kitchen counter, ready for when she gets home. From door to door, she haunts neighbors in a trampled school uniform. Dollar bills wrestled in her palms. Proud and tired and breathing, she shed, she sheds a papery husk, one door at a time.
1: Potente. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) The Nuestra Palabra Latino writers having to say, Rodimus, thanks for coming out. Yes, sir. Charles, thank you you for coming out as well.
7: Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Great show, Q. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you,
1: guys. We'll be back next week. Gracias, Madeline. Shout out to Leti and uh, the interns as well. Have a great evening.
6: Many of you have been long-time listeners and supporters of KPFT. This station asks you to consider establishing a bequest in your will that benefits KPFT. Supporting KPFT with a legacy gift is an easy decision to make. The future growth and excellence of our station depends on our ability to also build a permanent base of support through an active and successful legacy gift program. The next time you meet with your advisors to review your estate or long-term financial plans, please remember you can include KPFT. Ensure your commitment to public broadcasting continues on. With the help of your attorney a bequest is simple to put in place if you need help or have questions call our development director at 713-526-4000 again at 713-526-4000 please join listeners like you in helping to ensure that the independent voice of kpft will be preserved for generations to come name kpft as a beneficiary in your will today this is kpft
8: houston Many of us know someone looking to sell or just get rid of an old car, truck, RV, or motorcycle. It may be just taking up room in the garage or driveway. Sometimes the cost of the repair just doesn't make a sale even worth it. And as we all look for tax deductions at the end of the year, you may want to consider donating that unwanted vehicle, running or not. KPFT can have the vehicle towed away at no charge to you. The owner, you, get a tax receipt for deductions at the end of the year, a KPFT membership, and the satisfaction of of knowing that old vehicle went to a good cause it's a win all the way around so just call toll free 1-855-KPFT-CAR that's 1-855-573-8227 no matter if it's a car truck scooter farm equipment just about any kind of vehicle we can take care of it just call one 855 kpft